Uh, we heard that you dressed up like a tooth last night at the Slam Dance party. night party. What's happening and when, where's this costume? We sure did. And the minute this interview wraps, I'm heading over. We're putting on our teeth costumes yes. and we're doing a Main Street March. Well, we're finishing our beers here and then we're going down Main Street and I hope we bump into you. You'll see us. There's, a, there's an army. Once you have your tooth on, are you going to act like you don't know us, though? You're going to be tooth good for us? <laughs> Give her one beer in the altitude. That was off of. the cuff. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm Aaron Lim. This is Ange, a.k.a. Captain Party. And I'm producer Shar. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events... Sometimes over a glass of whiskey. Welcome to day 10 of our Sundance and Slamdance Film Festival coverage. Today from Slamdance, we're bringing you two films that have filmmakers from the Bay. We have Sign the Show, a documentary, and the short film Tooth. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay, Best Podcast. And now, on with the show. We are on the festival Daily Buzz out of Sundance and Slamdance 2023 style. My name is John Wildman. I am the editor-in-chief of Films Gone Wild. Here with my Daily Buzz teammates from Bitch Talk, Angela Tabora and Aaron Lim. And we are going to talk about the documentary Sign the Show. It's screening at Slamdance and it's made its way to Slamdance. It's one of the rare films that has had a really nice tour at other film festivals, which I happen to know because it's been at my film festivals before. And now it lands at Slamdance, which is really kind of an accomplished thing. We have Kat Brewer. She's the director. And we also have executive producer and subject, Matt Maxey, who's in the film as well. So um, let's start this off. Uh, Kat, uh, our audience likely has not seen the film as yet. Tell us about Sign the Show. Sign the Show is a documentary that brings awareness to the challenges and barriers that the deaf and hard of hearing community face when trying to access live entertainment. And my focus was specifically on music, comedy, and theater. Yeah, Kat, you are not only a Bay Area native, represent, uh, represent. Uh, but you are a self-taught, <laughs> award-winning, first-time filmmaker. This is quite the undertaking, looking at the lineup alone and the film itself and the quality of the film itself. <laughs> um, so uh, can you talk about how you chose this topic and how you met uh, with Matt? Yes. <laughs> um, so I've been going to concerts since I was about eight years old. I love music. I love comedy. I haven't been going to live stand up since I was eight, but you know, as an adult. And back in 2014, I went to a concert and for the very first time saw a sign language interpreter signing the show. And I was completely ignorant. I didn't realize that deaf people liked music, let alone liked going to live performances. So I started talking with the interpreter and then communicating with the deaf people that were there through the interpreter because I didn't know sign language and come to find out, yes, deaf people, just like hearing people love music, but they face a lot of barriers and challenges to getting access to it. So I decided that I was going to write um, an article for the college newspapers where I taught mm -hmm. Laney in the Bay Area. Hey, DBC. Nice. Oh, and the DBC. Yes. <laughs> wow. And Chabot. And oh, yes. Uh, and a friend of mine said, hey, like this sounds like it'd be a great documentary. You should make one. And I said, okay. 
And I went to Best Buy and hounded the guy for like two hours about what kind of camera I needed, what equipment, what setting to put the camera on, because I really knew nothing. And then I just started knocking on doors, hustling for interviews. And I, I wasn't really surprised. I was surprised, but not really surprised that people were like granting me interviews because it is such a topic that um, it hasn't really been explored before. And it's important. Everybody wants to be included. Everybody wants to have joy and enjoyment in their lives. Um, and so I met Matt back at, back in 2016. We actually connected on okay. social media and I kind of hounded him for a whole year. Um, and it turned out that we were at Firefly Festival at the same time. And uh, for the very first time, we met outside of a Waffle House at like three in the morning. And that's <laughs> when I interviewed him. Yeah. And it was just like ever, like ever since then, we've just been connected. Like, yeah. He's amazing. Mm. He's he's an amazing artist. He's an amazing entrepreneur. Um, and he just opened his life to me. And I'm so honored for that. Well, I, I'm feeling the love over here um, between both of you. I love it. Um, speaking of persistence, I do want to talk about um, your access to the musicians that you had in the in the movie as well as the comedians. Can you talk about that? I mean, for, and Tony, Tony, Tony is one of my favorites. So thank, please and thank yes. you. Please and thank you. Really, I had access to the people, one, who were closest to me, like in the Bay Area. So like I would go to Tommy T's Comedy Club. I would go to mm -hmm. Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. Bless them. They took care of me. And I would sometimes just stand outside of stage doors waiting for the artist to come out and give them my 30-second elevator pitch. Other artists like Chuck D, I like tweeted with him for a whole year in his DMs back and forth to get the interview with him. Um, Matt and I met Andre 3000 at ComplexCon in 2019. And it was like, you just wait and wait for the opportunity and then make your ask. And that's what I would tell anybody is just like ask. I mean, I've heard no um, way more times than I heard yes, but the right people showed up and the right people are in this film. So. Hmm. Matt, I want to talk to you because I've I've chatted with Kat about this film a few times now. Okay. Um, but you're in the film. You're also the executive producer on the film, yeah, which means you've got a little ownership here of, of, of what you're trying to accomplish with the film. And you're a wonderful spokesperson. Yeah. But every time I in encounter someone like yourself, I always wonder, how much of a pain in the ass is it to be the person who has to explain stuff, you know, to everyone else? Or or do you embrace that? Or I think I embraced it more than I complain about it. And that's because growing up, I never knew about the deaf culture, deaf community. So I feel like my background, my experience is more similar to you than somebody who grew up in the deaf culture, deaf world, in touch with their roots, in touch with their identity, in touch with who they are. So for me, going to the deaf culture didn't happen until about college. So for when I tell people about sign language and the deaf culture and I see their excitement, it reminds me of how I felt when I was learning. So then I think about what are some of the things that 
people told me that I wish they had told me sooner? What are some of the things that people didn't tell me that I wish they told me? What are some of the things that people showed me or didn't show me that I wish they showed me? And one of the main things was music. So that's the beauty of playing the show because it showed all these things was representation on the screen. And that's something I never experienced growing up. And in this culture, in this generation, in these times that we live in now, it's a beautiful thing to see the representation up on screen, plus have the people ask questions about how they can become more acceptable and more inclusive at the same time. So it becomes a win-win. And when you just win, 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 you don't get sick of it. You just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fine point. Yeah. But but to that point as well, I loved seeing, it doesn't always happen, but the interactions between the musical artist and the interpreter. And it's it's so special. And I love, um, I, I wanted to know from your perspective, have you watched these musicians become better performers once they're more aware of the deaf and hard and hearing, hard of I hearing audience? I think they become more aware. I think with Chance, Chance was so tremendous because you never seen somebody who is a person of color representing the deaf culture and community. You never seen it, let alone somebody who's like, hey, you know what? You have organizations, you have businesses, you have agencies, you have the way you're supposed to go about it bump that. I want you and I want how we're going to do it together and we're going to do it our way, a different way. And that was beautiful to watch. I didn't even expect it. I wasn't prepared for it. But to see that happen, I don't think he realized how much he set the precedent for other people to be able to follow in their footsteps and look into like, hey, this is great for PR. Hey, this is great for showing that we are about our band instead of just me collecting. So it's just beautiful to watch and it's beautiful to see the excitement of other that people, hey, wait a minute, he knows sign language? Oh, he knows stage? Are you ready for your blessing? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we like to see, and it's just, it's inspiring, and we always want to share that story and keep telling that story so that more people can follow it and make it happen for their fan base as well. I want to know um, how hearing folks like us can help your community. Like, how can we be allies? Closed captioning. Mm-hmm. Whether you have a movie, short, documentary, podcast, captioning. There's so much captioning now that um, I don't see how you can be without it. And then if you had the opportunity to work with people, just show that you're on their side by offering resources. Every deaf person is different. I can work with an interpreter, but that doesn't mean every deaf person can work with an interpreter. A lot of times, all we want is to be noticed and kind of equal as far as, do you have everything you need? You need wire, you need an interpreter, you need a note taker, you need a transcript, you need preparation ahead of time. All of that without it being, let me take care of you. Are you sure? And I think that's what we're used to seeing in the past because people don't know what to do when they see something that they don't know. But the more they see it, the more you now know, okay, this is nothing new. We're seeing it more and more. So, you know what? I thought somewhere you need to interpret it, right? Watch their faces go from, yeah, yeah, I sure do. Yeah, cast me in. <laughs> and then from there, you'll forget, you won't forget that moment. You'll always remember it. And from there, you'll know from that point forward that what you do to set the standard for anybody who had the hearing loss. And who had the hearing loss, there's one in three people in America who are dealing with the hearing loss. So it's more likely to happen than people realize. Cat, mm-hmm. yeah. you are coming up pretty soon on a year traveling with this film. Uh, and when you do a film like this as a filmmaker, it comes, it's it's like a call to action. 
and 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 you become uh, kind of like a, a shareholder in this effort to educate and talk about that for you because that goes beyond just did I make a good film? Do people like my film? It goes to am I getting this message out properly? Yeah, my goal for this film when I first started back in 2014 was just having another opportunity and a different platform to teach and educate because I've been a teacher for 23 years. Um, so I just thought Matt and I eventually when he came on board and when mm -hmm. I met him, I was like, we're going to tour every college university in the United States and maybe beyond, right? And show right. this film and talk about accessibility and how communities can become allies and how to provide more access and to have open access where deaf people don't have to request an interpreter. One is just there. Like it mm -hmm. should be there mm -hmm. in every yes. concert, mm -hmm. at every comedy performance, at every theater production. Theater often does one night or two night run out of like 30 days, but it should be every day. It, like mm -hmm. it just, their open access is what's most important. Um, I would love to get distribution. Absolutely. Apple would be my first pick because of Coda. I think it would be a really nice compliment. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I don't care where it lands. I just want the world to see this so that there could be more education and more accessibility. I have one more question. Yes, How many calories do you burn while you sign? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> it depends on what time of day. I, because you are a That's the gym. Time. Outside. If I'm a winner, it's playing a fall. <laughs> so I'm up there like, yeah. do you know, do you know <laughs> the worst part of my day? No, it's just a pain. Outside, the festival is done. I'm a, a brutal. Yeah. Like, literally, I would bring three, four extra shirts. It depends on oh, the artist. Oh. We've done future. Travis Scott, doing the Travis Scott show. Yeah. I went through four shirts in one hour. Whoa. <laughs> I get those goosebumps. Okay, next shirt. Keep it going. Keep it going. Why? Wow. Why? Because. <laughs> why? Do you have? Do you have to? Because at nighttime, I'm dark. So sure. I have to wear the bright shirt. For to yeah, yeah so I got that it. Way it shows. Okay. And then a lot of time, once it starts looking like sweat, then you're not trying to. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. the calories go quick. Yeah, it's a good workout. Yeah, man. Yeah, you don't need a gym membership. I have that too. You got to train. you ready? You don't have to get ready. Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. Well, the title of the film is Sign the Show, uh, which is screening at Slamdance. Uh, it is screened at a number of festivals um, and probably a good handful more before you hit that distribution. Um, so maybe it, maybe it will come to a festival close to you. We've been talking to the director, Kat Brewer, and Matt Maxey, executive producer, and one of the subject participants in the film. It's been great having you both on the show. Thank it's you both Thank so you. much for this, uh, for all of you, for the opportunity. Um, SignTheShow.com if you want to go there. There's resources there for people to become more involved and to, to become advocates and allies. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's get it. This episode is made possible by Ann Wang, Natalie Gamble, the Papa Lowdown Agency, the Friesen Family, Jenny Yang, Fleetwood, aka Nico, Melanie Pena, Lauren Lim, Catherine Tulio, Courtney Kita, Myla Blog, Anita Tabora Rodriguez, Arabella DeLuco, 
Chloe Jackman of Chloe Jackman Studios, Shauna Festi, Stephanie Walton, Lisa Shad, Antoinette Tabora, and Storied San Francisco. Thank you so much for donating, and a special shout out to the Slamdance Film Festival for providing us a recording home in Park City. We have director Jillian Corsi, like Corsi, so she said, from the short film Tooth, which is having its world premiere at the Slam Dance Film Festival. Thank you so much, uh, Jillian, for being on Bitch Talk. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We are too. Uh, can you tell our listeners who have not seen this film what Tooth is about? Yeah, so Tooth is about a woman who is brushing her teeth and then all <laughs> of her teeth fall out, come to life, and then attack her. <laughs> it's totally normal. <laughs> totally. It's going to happen. Uh, this is happening. The tooth apocalypse. Just, it's just the funnest premise that I've ever read. Um, and I have to thank you for reaching out to us because, of course, had we read that premise, we want to cover it. But there's so many films and so many festivals. I- I'm just glad that you reach out to us first because clearly we wanted to cover it. Mm-hmm. And you are also from the base. So represent Pleasanton. Yep. Yes. Or what is it? It's, yeah, it's, it's Pleasant. Right? It's, yeah. P-Funk? No, it's not funky at all. (laughs) P-Funk. I think. Actually, that sounds like a disorder or something. It's It's something you catch. Anyways, let's keep going. Okay, so (laughs) I I wanted you to tell our audience why you came up with this idea, because I think it's freaking hilarious. It's just, I love everything about it. Thank you. well, my parents moved out of my childhood home in the summer of 2020. And in that process, my mom was like trying to offload like old science projects and art projects and like love letters and journals and also all my old teeth. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with these? And she's like, well, I don't know. They're your teeth. And I was like, all right. So I put them in my medicine cabinet because what do you do with that? <laughs> That's where they go. It, it's cute. It's like a little jar that has a tooth fairy on it because it's, it's where it's where she. Where the, you, I don't know. Your mom is adorable. Them. She is. She's very sentimental until she's moving, and then she's like, "Take it. I don't want right. it." So <laughs> it's sitting yeah. in my medicine cabinet, and every night I, you know, I'm brushing my teeth, looking at my teeth, <laughs> and I'm an anxious person, and I have nightmares where my teeth fall out. Oh. And over the years, I've had this dream many times in many different forms. Before was, you got your teeth, you had this dream already. Oh, yeah. For years. Wow. Um, apparently, you. it's pretty common. Yes. It's a thing. Thank you. Yeah, I've heard I about it. I to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, you know, I was <laughs> brushing my teeth and I'm thinking, what would happen if I was brushing my teeth and they all fell out? And I went, I was at like a lunch with a friend of mine who's a writer. And I said, Katie, what would happen if I was brushing my teeth and they all fell out? And she said, well, they'd come to life and murder you, of course. And I said, <laughs> can you write that? And she sent me a script within a couple of days. Wow. Everyone needs a Katie in their lives. She's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like she should also be here. Um, so I, I actually didn't write any notes for this because I was like, we're just going to shoot the shit. And I, um, I watched the short last night and it reminded me of something that literally just happened last weekend while I was in the shower. I haven't told my friends here Buckle about this. Where's this going? This. <laughs> so um, I'm finishing my shower and I'm like, just whatever. I swallowed and I'm like, that tasted like blood. I had the bloodiest nose in the shower that I've ever had. And it, I was like, am I dying right now? Is my body literally attacking me? It's like, this is how it's going to end in Your the shower. Your are exiting. Yes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm naked. How do you stop a bloody nose in a shower? Do you just let it flow? But do you have to? 
Yeah, you raise your head. You raise your chin. In the shower and, and try not to fall. And then the water's pouring in. Yes. It's like, it's like, it's a nightmare. This is a horror film. Thank you. I can write that. So when I was watching the teeth <laughs> attacking teeth? Yeah. you, yes, I was like, your body is kind of like, it can sometimes say fuck you. And that's how I felt about this film. Well, that was kind of the goal. Um, obviously, I had all these teeth that I wanted to make puppets out of, which we did, but... <laughs> <laughs> so they were real teeth they were real teeth oh. and the actress put all my real teeth in her mouth and then spit them out it was disgusting no no she did no yes she did those are my real teeth and some of my sisters by the way the one with the little filling oh that was my, my. sister's tooth yeah I oh, wanted I'm to make sure I had I'm backups. I'm going to vomit. I, okay, keep going. But I think under underlying tooth, there is this idea that women are constantly forced to these like ideals of perfection that we will never, ever make. Whether it's like our thinness or our hair color or our nose or our lips or whatever it is that year. Or our teeth being you know white enough or straight enough or veneered enough. And what, you know, one enough. of these days our body is just going to be like, fuck it, I'm out. And we're going to realize how much we needed the thing that was imperfect. Right. So that is sort of the underlying, you know, body image issues. It's not the first film about it and it won't be the last. I'm glad you brought that up because you are originally a documentary filmmaker. Uh, so I, I'm interested in hearing about what you, what kind of topics you normally work on and how this this weaves into your body of work because there is an underlying weave there, isn't there? There is. Um, I this is my third film. My first film uh, is about trichotillomania, which is a hair pulling disorder. Oh, body focused mm -hmm. repetitive behavior. About one in twenty five people has some sort of disorder, body focus disorder, whether it's hair pulling, skin picking, nail biting, huh. knuckle cracking, something like that. I at my cuticles. There you go. <laughs> um, my second TMI. film is a short documentary called Second Assault, which is a personal documentary I made about uh, sexual assault I experienced on my college campus. And I went back and oh. confronted the police officer oh. who, when I reported my assault, told me, don't mix alcohol and beauty. Oh, um, that's so. a good one. So I think, and, and I continue to work on as an editor... I have three feature documentaries coming out this year. One about body image in the LGBTQ community. Ah. Lots of social issue stuff. But I also recognize that I tend to make work that focuses on the body in some way, which is completely <laughs> accidental. But Tooth was really fun to make. And that's different for me because I do make a lot of these really long, heavy projects where I'm sitting in this sort of trauma for years. And in Tooth, I was just like, let's make puppets out of these teeth and see what happens. I enjoy that. Repurposing, recycle, Re reuse. It's good for the planet. What is it? all the R? Whatever. Re -re -re Your mom had a greater purpose. Yeah, she knew inherently. They always know. But it also yeah. is it's her life's work. <laughs> but it also is a horror film. Yes, I mean, ish. I think for some people it would be. For me at this point, it's just fun. But yeah, there's a lot of blood, and it does come from my nightmare. So. But the animated teeth, though, can we talk about how you made that happen? Because they're scary, but also really cute. I love them. Thank you. <laughs> um, so my most of the puppets that, or most of the teeth that you see are, that are in close ups are puppets. And then the teeth that you see in wide are 3D digital versions of my actual teeth that my friend Jared Potter, who's across the street at the moment, um, scanned and did all the VFX on. Uh, I need to watch together. it again. Okay, so the wide shots are the real teeth and then the close-ups the close are the puppets. The close-ups are the real teeth and the wide shots are VFX teeth. Um, and then my sister is an anim uh, concept artist at DreamWorks Animation. Oh. And she drew up the faces for me. And then another friend of mine, faces. Tom they Smith so is his cute, name. They were so weren't they? 
They are cute. Yeah. He is a, a he's a director on Beavis and Butthead, and he's an animator, and he did all the animation of these teeth faces. So it was sort of like a combination of I happen to have a lot of talented friends. Most Could of them are from film school, and. I pulled some some favors and we made this weird little... You pulled little, some teeth? You pulled some favors? I pulled some teeth, literally, <laughs> with the roots still attached. As you saw. Those were pulled from my head, though. Those weren't... They, they didn't fall out like that. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to ask, too, about your lead actress. Uh, very good. Thank you. Very believable, also. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be here tomorrow for the, for the premiere. Oh. Um, her name is Janine. She's a new friend that my mom had made in the new community where my parents moved to. Where do they? Oh, they moved from the Bay Area to the Central Coast. Oh, OK. Um, and my mom goes on this. She my mom instantly made friends with everybody in town. Obviously, <laughs> she's the opposite of me. And she went on a bike ride with all these women in this bike ride group she's in. And I went one morning when I was visiting and I met Janine. And there was something about her. She always wears red lipstick. She's got these cat eye glasses. And I befriended her and her wife. And um, I wanted to make this movie. I was going to have my friend act in it. But I, from working in film festivals, I, I prefer to cast people who are a little bit different and a little bit interesting than like your standard yes. attractive right. white 20 or 30 something woman. Which is not relatable. Right. For me, I mean... I am a white 30-something woman, but <laughs> in general, something about Janine I just thought was so interesting. And I said, hey, uh, we don't know each other very well at all, but would you be interested in acting in this like movie where about teeth? And she was like, yes, when do we shoot? And she actually postponed a double knee replacement <gasps> to do Janine. this shoot. Oh, Janine. And wow. it's her Your first name, time acting. Man. And, you know, she's having her debut here in Park City. Wait, but how did she react to having to put your teeth in her mouth? Because I'm she sorry, like, even my over. best friend, I'm never putting Aaron's teeth in my mouth. You don't know that. That's not true, love. Ew. <laughs> okay, your nose is bleeding. I want none of your body parts anywhere near me. Ew. Okay, <laughs> okay. I think we need to go to therapy. <laughs> I love her, but I'm not putting her teeth in my mouth, period. She was okay. Have you ever offered? No, I don't want to. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Janine was like, she. the funny thing is we had it all these teeth piled up in this glass with this blood mixture. Oh. And she had never acted before. And uh. the way that I direct, I want everyone to be really comfortable so I don't do the hard action. I'm just like, yeah, whenever you're just ready, let's going. just do it. And she would pour these teeth in her mouth and she'd be standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. And I was like, Janine, you don't have to put... She did it. And she's standing around for you know, m minutes waiting for us to get the camera set and ready with these teeth like gurgling around. And then at one point we we're like, can you make some like gross kind of scraping noises with them? And she's like, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, no. And she's scraping the teeth against her own teeth to make some of the sound effects. It was gross. Oh, but it works. Thank you. I'm yeah. really excited to watch this again. Now that I know all this. Uh, I can't wait to show my partner, husband, my roommate. <laughs> All of the, the things. best thing about I, it is they it's have only weird four minutes. Play. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he is. Okay, well, no, I love well, it. Now I get why you don't want her body parts in your I'm mouth. I'm telling you, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Anyways, we do have to wrap soon, but uh, we heard that you dressed up like a tooth last night at the premiere uh, at the Slam Dance party night party. What's happening and when? Where's this costume? <laughs> we sure did. And the minute this interview wraps, I'm heading over. We're putting on our teeth costumes yes. and we're doing a, mar um, a Main Street march. So if you're you curious, I, we can pop in and say hi on the way down. Well, we're finishing our beers here and then we're going down Main Street and I hope we bump into you. You'll see us. There's a there's an army. Once you have your tooth on, are you going to act like you don't know us, though? You're going to be tooth good for us? <laughs> 
give her one beer in the altitude. <laughs> that was off the cuff. Jillian, that was off kind the cuff. Of. All right, well, All right. Uh, I don't she know wants if, to leave now. Now I don't know if she's happy that she reached out to us, let's be honest. Let's <laughs> just say I'll have Katie write my jokes in the future. Yes. <laughs> There's one little thing before we wrap. So Ange... Uh, told told me and Char that you reached out and you know all this stuff we're gonna do this film it's so sweet and you know we didn't know about what the film was about whatever but she said oh well Jillian said that she takes hot girl walks and listens to our podcast and she's like I don't know what a hot girl walk is or a hot girl stroll I had to google it Are you kidding? she had to ask us and I was like I think it just no I was like oh walk. is that like a special kind of something okay here's the problem I'm a 35 year old woman who has um, become obsessed with TikTok and run a TikTok account we don't ever watch. since 2020. We don't watch. We don't. Hear me? We don't watch. Aaron just said we don't watch TikTok. That's cool. I'm also we, sleep deprived. I don't blame you. We are seniors. We're 40 plus. I'm trying to keep up with Gen Z, so I stay relevant. So they keep asking me back. You can be our middle person. Can you be you our can interpreter? Yeah, I can be our millennial. I'm just happy that we know you now as an artist, and you're from the Bay, and we love to. Yes. And I mean, I can't wait to see. I want to see everything that you've done in the past, and I can't wait to see what you do in the future. Thank you. And you've just been a pleasure to work with and get to know. And and thank you for being so flexible with the schedule. I'm like, Jillian, change of plans. Can you meet us at the bar? I can always <laughs> meet you at the bar. Yes. That's, yeah. I mean, no wonder why you listen to Bitch Talk. Uh, we've been speaking with director Jillian Corsi of the short film Tooth, which is premiering at the Slam Dance Film Festival here in Park City. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at bff.fm. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Only the coolest bitches are doing it. is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.